New season and a new era of NBC's Meet the Press began on Sunday morning, and it kicked off with a bang. We analyzed former President Trump's troubling comments on abortion, plus his comments over the weekend with Megyn Kelly regarding if men can become women. We're seeing a major shift in the value of life in the United States of America. We discussed that from a Christian perspective, and Kamala Harris attempts to make sense yet again in North Carolina. Spoiler, I don't think it worked. All of that today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Welcome in. It's Monday. Made it through the weekend, but you're here to start another week, and that's okay. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser here with you. If you missed our conversation with Dr. Tony Beam on Friday, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. A great look at impeachment, yeah. what it means, what it could mean as we go into a, a big worldview analysis there, plus some religious freedom stuff overseas. It is Monday, September 18th in the year of our Lord, 2023. It is 1222 a.m. at or p.m. <laughs> ah. 12.22 p.m. at the time of this recording. Ding. Oh, gracious. Uh, a lot well, of radio could, this mean, weekend. Yeah, and yeah. Tiring me out. Okay. Yeah. So, yesterday was a normal Sunday, for the most part. I mean, Sunday fun day. I yeah, mean, you go to church, normal. and you go to church, and then you, you know, you got some NFL action on. But sure. I was scrolling on my phone sure. about 2.30. Yep. And uh, I didn't realize President Trump was going to be on with Kristen Welker, who now hosts... Meet the press. That's yes. major, by the way. Uh, yeah. See you, Chuck Todd. Yeah. Um, Chuck Todd out. Kristen Welker in. She's a good. She's a good journalist. She, she asks the tough questions. Yeah, and she asks those of President Trump. Of course, we now know that she's extended the same invitation to the current president, sitting president. Um, sitting is <laughs> operative word there. <laughs> president um, might be a bit of a stretch. Joseph Robinette Biden, and uh, he has not gotten back with her yet shocking the president might not want to answer hard-hitting questions during a campaign where have we seen that before hmm. so donald trump appears on the program we'll get to his conversation with megan kelly in a second i feel like this is more troubling Kristen walker the conversation is revolving around the limits to abortion now i will lead with this before we play the clip no actually you know what Let's just play the clip first. Roll film. Here is Donald Trump speaking with Kristen Welker. You'll get the question from, from her, and you'll get his answer in full. It's about a minute long. Take a look. Mr. President, I want to give voters who are going to be weighing in on this election yeah. a very clear sense of where I think you stand I on think this. they're all going to like me. I think both sides are going to like me. Let, let me what, but what's let Mr. going President, to have to Mr. happen President, is you're going to have to— this question, Kristen, please. you're asking me a question. What's going to happen is you're going to come up with— a number of weeks or months, you're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy. Because 92% of the Democrats don't want to see abortion after a certain period of time. If a federal ban landed on your desk, if you were reelected, would you sign it at 15? Are you talking about a complete ban? A ban at 15 weeks. Well, people, people are Starting to think of 15 weeks, that seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Would you sign that? I, uh, I, would, I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. Uh, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. 
I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think I, that I goes think too what far? he did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The president of the United States, the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, thinks the heartbeat bill in states like Florida, Georgia, Iowa, and now South Carolina, South Carolina is a, and I'm using his words here, terrible thing. I want to start with this. I have said it on this show. I won't back away from it. I believe because of the three appointments to the Supreme Court, Donald Trump is one of the most consequential presidents of our lifetime yes. on the issue of life. It is, yes. it is. It is. It was those three appointees confirmed by the Senate that were instrumental in their jurisprudence in overturning Roe. Now, I wholeheartedly believe that, and I'll stay with that. If if. If we had President Hillary Rodham Clinton, that wouldn't have happened. So President Trump, to his credit, tapped into a political issue and that 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 worked. Yeah. And now I say it that way for a simple reason. When you are leading a movement. That's what he says he's doing, right? Leading a movement to make America great again. Leading a movement. He is the populist candidate. He is the populist leader, and that's not a bad thing, depending on your political persuasion. However, I said this after the debate a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. When the candidates were asked, would you sign a heartbeat bill should it come across your desk? Everyone wanted to hedge and give a different answer. Even Mike Pence mentioned 15 weeks and all this other stuff. Everyone, it's like everyone's had certain senators yapping in their ear. The The problem we have are far too many people who claim to be pro-life and in position of leadership hedge right. when it's time to make a decision. Now, I'm not saying that compromise is a bad thing because there are some points where you have to understand the political viability of an issue. Yeah. And maybe I'm using the word viability correctly yeah. here. Because can I just use an example? Am I out of am I out of court for using an example? Here at Palmetto Family, uh, for several sessions, we have supported the Human Life Protection Act yes. full heartedly, a complete and total ban on abortion. Yes. In the state of South Carolina. Both times that bill did not have the votes in the Senate. Mm-hmm. So in order to progress and make progress on the issue of being pro-life and to stop at least some abortions, right. you have to do what is politically viable, and that is to pass a heartbeat bill. And it was politically viable here in our state, proved constitutionality, yes. The issue here is this, is, this, this man would be the president of the United States yet again. He won't even commit, Mitch, to... Even a 15-week ban making it to his desk. Now, again, the odds of that happening in the current makeup of our Congress is slim. I'll grant you that. However, he won't even commit to signing a 15-week ban into law. Yeah. That's that's problematic. That doesn't make sense. I don't how can you say you're pro-life if you won't even commit to saying, yes, I'll sign that. Yeah, and I don't, I don't have a problem with him not capitulating to – Miss Walker here and saying, yeah, I'd sign it. Uh, I, I understand how negotiations work, playing cards close to the vest, that sort of thing. I want to go back a little bit into the 
to the uh, clip here, and mm-hmm. we're not going to play it again, but based on my understanding and recollection of the clip, I've, I've watched it several times. Um, it's been a hot topic of conversation among all of the FPC leaders across the nation over the last uh, 24 hours or so since it was aired. He says a couple of things in this clip that I think are concerning. You've already touched on one. Mm-hmm. He says... For the first time in 52 years, we would have peace on this issue. Yes. People are going to like me. I'm going to bring everybody into the room. Now, and and I'm not even, we're going to get to Democrats. 92% of Democrats don't believe that, you know, that abortion should be uh, up to, that they believe on restrictions for abortion. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not calling out Democrats. I should I should that's his words. I'll say uh, those on the left. Um, I I think it's important to note that President Trump is focused on himself. Now I said it, and I know someone just had to pull off on the side of the road or slam the t-shirt you were folding up against the the table and you can't believe I said it he's he's focused on himself that he's, seems out of that seems out of character uh, right he's focused on people liking him they'll all like me I, I you know a leadership is about decision by the way every decision divides and just because you can get everybody in the room on a good business deal and bring you know, cookie makers and uh, air conditioning manufacturers and uh, all these people back into America and tariffs are down and taxes are low and and the trade disparity is at an all-time great, great level does not mean that life, the lives of pre-born innocent human beings inside their, inside their mother's wombs are, are, are meant as a bargaining chip. Peace said that before it, right peace is not about sacrificing mm. lives mm-hmm. now once again i know there'll be some well, isn't that what palma hold on i don't have the authority to sign a piece of bi- if, a, a bill if, into legislation if, into law. if president trump here is not i, I i'm afraid he's either grossly underprepared for this question shouldn't be or in the words of those that are around him he's playing 3d chess and he's just playing around with the media who do you lose who what do you gain what do you gain i'll say this if he is not careful this strategy or lack thereof will not will not one more time will not help him in early states like Iowa, conservatives in New Hampshire. Oh, and that's right. First in the South, South yeah. Carolina. Yeah, see, I've been told by people who are apparently very important that South Carolinians, that's, we don't care about abortion here. It's not a big deal. Whether yeah. we're at... Do a, do a poll. Do a poll, to call To call the most pro-life piece of legislation yeah. in the state's oh, history gosh. twice... The heartbeat bill that yeah. Ron DeSantis, I'm sorry, DeSantis, DeSantis passed, DeSantis. terrible, whether it's to score some political hit points or not, is it, 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 it's inconceivable. 
calling on Princess mm-hmm. Bride. <laughs> inconceivable. It's not only inconceivable, it's inconsistent with what he said at other times. Mm-hmm. Now, whether we're at a 15-week national ban, which would bring other states like California, Massachusetts, Virginia down, mm-hmm. whether we're at 12 weeks, whether we're at six weeks, that's not for the here and now. What this is about, this clip of Donald Trump speaking on Meet the Press, a Sunday show. Which used to be very important. That's a whistle. <laughs> that's a whistle on either a position change or a gentleman who I've, I've sewn up the I've sewn up the right side of the party now I've got to go get the left side of the party. That's what it is. Who is playing the wrong strategy? Yeah. That's what that is. Let Sorry. me be clear. Sorry, no, no, you're good. Let me be clear. The position of a pro-life leader is to save as many preborn innocent lives as possible and all of them would be optimal not to be liked yeah. not to quote unquote make a peace a false peace not to capitulate to the left instead move forward if you're going to call yourself a pro-life leader whether you're a president whether you're a senator, whether you're a congressman, whether you're a governor, whoever you are, whether you're a pastor of a church, if you are going to be a pro-life leader, then stand with gumption and a backbone Mm -hmm. and don't capitulate. Yep. Off soapbox. So he drinks a little more coffee. So we have... I, I just think I want to keep going on this just a little bit more. But wait, there's more? And I want to be careful because we we are a nonpartisan organization yes. and we do not endorse any candidate. No. At all. Correct. Most of President Trump's first term was pretty good in terms of conservatism, yeah. both at home and abroad. The last year was an unmitigated disaster. Well. The last year was an unmitigated disaster. Now, there, there are reasons for that beyond his control. The president can't control how people act, right? And the president can't control a, a virus doing whatever. However, if you are a conservative and you have conservative values, you're looking for someone who can lead for the foreseeable future. Specifically on the life issue. I said this a couple weeks ago. I think it would be I think a majority of conservatives would gladly like to hear somebody stand on a stage or sit in an interview and say, and I quote, I want, as president, I want to lead on the issue of life. I will sign whatever piece of pro-life legislation comes across my desk that will protect human lives, and I will lead from the front in ensuring that we get more representatives Mm -hmm. and senators elected in our Congress that will champion the cause of life, and I will work to be the president that signs Mm -hmm. into law a ban federally on abortion. You would sign, seal, delivered, man, if you want to win a... But here's what what he's doing, and I'm sorry for interrupting you earlier on this point. No, it's fine. This is what he's doing. I've sewn up this side of the party... Mm -hmm. 
This side of the party, no matter what I say, will tell you that what I actually said, I never said. Mm-hmm. So now I got to go get this side of it. This side won't even bother with this because they. This is his. I think this is his thinking. They don't even care about this issue. These people might. So let me try to subdue them a little bit and get them into my camp, because if I can do that, then I might be able to peel off some some minorities. In let me, the general. And let me speak to another issue, and I've heard this recently from friends and foes alike, as if we have foes. No. <laughs> Listen, man, stop being a single-issue person, a single-issue organization, a single-issue candidate, and they're predominantly speaking about this issue of life. They're almost always saying, Listen, it's not just about being pro-life. Well, let me ask you a question. If the right to life does not exist, what other rights do? In other words, if you ain't alive, you're dead. Oh, that's breaking. And none of the other rights that you so boldly proclaim to be for matter. So we can talk about a, a child's right to transition into being a Diet Coke machine? Oh, we'll get there. We can talk about a mom's right to work in the workforce, and I'm all for it. At, we can talk about the right you have to go bowling on a Tuesday night with your buddies. Mm-hmm. But ain't none of it matter, as my South Carolina granddaddy used to say. Ain't none of it matter. If you ain't living and breathing, and for the 64 million babies since this 52-year, I don't even know where he's getting 52 years, the 50 years since 73? Yeah, that's weird. Um, I bet they'd like to go bowling with their buddies on a Tuesday night or work in the workforce or be a Diet Coke machine. One more, one more clip for you before we move on oh, to wait, the next issue. More? Yeah, a couple days before this, Trump sat down with Megyn Kelly, which in and of itself, if you remember 2015 and 2016, is wild. Because <laughs> she's, she's a horrible, nasty I wonder, person. I wonder what question she would ask him about. Well, Megyn is pretty, Something pretty, to do staunch, with women? pretty staunch on the idea of women and, and women's spaces being for women. Shocking. Ab- absolutely. Here's, here again... Here's the former president, number 45, seeking to be number 47, asked a very simple question. Can a man become a woman? Um, <laughs> in my opinion, you have a man, you have a woman. I, 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 think, I think part of it is birth. Can the man give birth? No, no. Although um, come up I with went after Supreme Court, now Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson on this, and I would be highly hypocritical and inconsistent. Mitch, can you ask me the question that Megyn Kelly asked? Can can you ask me that question? Can a man become a woman? Can you say that? Can can a man become a woman? No. Done. How hard is it? In my opinion. There's no there's no your opinion. Once again, I don't care what your opinion is. He's he his strategists are telling him to sew up the left. I'm Whether tired. it's the left of the party, whether it's independents, whether it's soft Democrats who won't vote for Biden or Kamala or Newsom or whoever Obama throws out there. Yeah, I said it. Um, 
whatever the strategists are saying, boy, I'm going to channel my South Carolina granddaddy a couple times a day. It ain't working. It is not working. We, there's not, I'm sorry, there's not enough room under the big tent for you if you're for killing children and for believing that men can be women and women can be men. There's no room here for you because this tent rests in logic and science and biology and common sense. This, I'm sorry. No, you're not. And And you know what? I'm, I'm not. If you actually want a conservative leader, I don't know if he's the one for you. I'm sorry. I just don't. These two answers tell me all I need to know. I'm tired of leaders. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use Kamala Harris's line. So-called leaders <laughs> capitulating on this issue. Stop it. Can a man become a woman? No. No. And I know your friends. Listen. I get it. Ronald Reagan was instrumental in signing some pro-abortion legislation in California early on in his life. And he, repented. He, re- he repented and recanted of that publicly multiple times and led from the front. If you want to lead from the front, by the way, this goes back to the whole Don Jr. thing with Anheuser-Busch where he got on Americans for, for attacking a private company. I, I don't care. President Trump had the opportunity twice this week to lead from the front on two of the biggest cultural questions of our day. Mm-hmm. Life, when it begins, should it be protected? And at what stage should it be protected? And can a man become a woman? And his argument is, his argument, by the way, on the abortion thing also went a little bit further talking about, well, when it looks like a baby, which is mind-boggling well, to me. And he does the same thing here. He, well, he, reframes, he reframes the question, and I applaud him for doing so. That That's usually what you teach candidates is if you're uncomfortable with the question, reframe the question in a way that you're comfortable answering. In this case, it's a straightforward yes or no. Can a woman be a man? Or vice versa, can a man be a woman? And the answer is no. And and if there's an un, uh, I'm sorry. If there's an awkward pause or an uncomfortable silence after you answer with that singular word, then let it. Then let it. Let it, it linger. Do you have to let it linger? Anyways, um, <laughs> I have to. I have to. I have to let it linger. Um, I think it's important here to say this. And uh, this isn't going to win us any friends or and may even influence care. some people. He, President Trump has become squishy, somewhat problematic on our issues. Squishy. Is he, gonna, is he a bad man? I'm not even going to say he's a bad man. I'm not going there. What I, I am saying he was a bad president. Never. No, never going to. What I am going to say is these answers aren't good. I expect these answers from Mitt Romney. Who just so happens to I be... I expect these answers from Liz Cheney. Waving goodbye? Not her, him. I expect these answers from... Who's the other one in the house? Kissinger. Crying Kissinger. Henry? <laughs> I expect these answers from people like that. I don't I expect, expect this from Hillary Clinton. I, I don't expect these answers from Donald Trump. 
By we'll the, look at we'll look at polling in a second. By the way, it was Hillary Clinton's husband, William Jefferson, who said that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. <laughs> and yeah, to quote Michael Knowles, the only problem with a six-week abortion ban is, is the, the six, six weeks. weeks. I mean, that's that's literally the only issue. And if that's what you can politically get at the time, then so be it. But you should always be striving for more, especially if you claim to be pro-life or a leader in the pro-life movement, which, by the way, he said he has done more for the pro-life movement than any person ever. Uh, Same as with Christianity. So, hopefully you haven't turned us off yet. Um, (laughs) Again, I'm not saying you should vote for one person over the other or that you shouldn't vote for somebody, but maybe, just maybe, you should go into this primary season with an open mind and an open heart. Just saying. Might, Might be a situation for you. Uh, we're going to pivot really quickly to the, this idea of the value of life, and I want to talk about this because there was a situation over the weekend um, where a retired California police chief uh, appeared to be deliberately mowed down um, and mm. killed while riding his bike in Las Vegas. A, a, a teenage driver was driving. His friend was in the passenger seat filming this, live streaming it on Facebook or TikTok or wherever, and the the passenger said, quote, yeah, hit his blank. Andreas Probst was 64, and he was killed after he was deliberately struck while out for a morning bike ride around 6 a.m. The unidentified 17-year-old of the Hyundai was arrested soon after. The teen has been charged with murder after police discovered a video posted to social media allegedly showing him hitting the man. There's no allegedly here. It shows him hitting the man. Uh, The shocking footage went viral because the driver asked his pals, ready, at the start of the filming, mm. they size him up. They then honked the horn, and they deliberately smashed into his back tire of the bike. You hear the bang. He he died on impact. Which raises the question: this this sixty four year old officer who was doing former officer, retired police officer who was out for a morning ride on his bike. And these teenagers deliberately hit him with their car as if they're playing a video game. And that, and that it doesn't matter. We had a situation here in, in, in the Midlands um, on Friday night, actually, uh, where this family was sitting at a light near an establishment that is just wonderful in our area. I think they were leaving dinner there probably. And uh, a a 24-year-old driving under the influence at around 9 o'clock at night um, strikes their vehicle and kills them both. Um, He then fled the scene and was later arrested. As Christians, we like to talk about the big issues. We like to talk about, you know, abortion or we don't like to talk about it, but we talk about the culturally relevant issues. I think we have a serious. I think it's closing in on time for a serious conversation in our country regarding the idea of the respect for the sanctity of life, not just life in the womb, not just life on the back end with uh, euthanasia mm-hmm. and and um, assisted suicide, but which, in my opinion, is manslaughter. But there are serious conversations to be had about how we view our fellow human beings, about how we view our fellow men because and, and women, because I think what we're seeing is a... Well, just it doesn't make much sense. And 
for us as Christians, um, I think we need to look at this from a couple of different angles. You know, we read in Genesis 2 that life for Adam began as God breathed life into him. Um, and Job uh, recounts, or maybe it was one of his friends, recounts that if God were to remove that, we would die. We would perish. We know that life begins at conception. That's actually becoming more and more scientifically verified now. We see in in Scripture that God created us in our in His own image in, in Genesis one twenty six, and then we see that God outlaws murder. That you are to be held accountable if you take the life of someone. We see that in Genesis nine. We see it in Romans thirteen. We see it in the commandment. You know. The sixth commandment, do not murder. Um, that word murder not only refers to intentional killing, but also to even the accidental or careless, negligent killing of someone else. It doesn't cover um, boundaries like capital punishment or war. Those are separated out in here. We, it doesn't. The commandment is thou shalt not murder, not thou shalt not kill. That, mm-hmm. That's why there's a differentiation there. We, we, have, a, we have a serious problem. In America, and I believe it ventures. I, I believe it's an outpouring, Mitch, of our lack of faith in America. Not faith in America, but faith in America. In that we've drawn away from from biblical principle. Mm-hmm. We've drawn away from godly understanding and a godly view of society, and we've given ourselves over to a debased mind. And now, other people are. There's a word expendable. Mm-hmm. They are. For, for this 64-year-old man, these teenagers viewed him, I, I don't even know, as, as like, like, and not even like an animal. I don't even know how to view it. They viewed him as a traffic cone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go hit the traffic cone, or I'm going to drive through this puddle and shoot water out from under my tires, right? There was no conscious mm-hmm. understanding that this is a person with a family, yeah. With kids, with grandkids, with a fa- with community, with friends who deserves respect. They took his life into their hands and they ended it simply because they could. Yeah. That's that's wrong. Absolutely. That's wrong. I uh, my mind's drawn to John 10:10, 10, 10, Jesus speaking. He says, "I've come that they may have life, life more abundantly." And God is the author, the finisher, the sustainer of life, as Justin just said. God gives us life. He takes it away. Um, God is life. Jesus is life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. That's one of his attributes. It's who he is. I think what we're seeing here is a purposeful neglect, as you said, of faith but ultimately of faith in Jesus, and that leads to the enemy, who Jesus says in the very first part of John 10.10, the enemy only, his sole job, is to steal, kill, and destroy. Correct. If, if there is an opposite to life, it is steal, kill, destroy. Right. Life builds up. It gives. It doesn't steal. Life gives life to others, it doesn't kill. Life builds up, and it certainly doesn't destroy. And so for these young men, um, 
who did this to this man for the 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 people that mowed down the police officer in California. Uh, another incident this weekend. Uh, I shouldn't even call it incident. Uh, another crime. Uh, whatever the case is, life is to be cherished, valued. I mean, your life is valuable, and I I, I don't know. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. I can, see, I can see a few of you. Um, not literally, but I, I, I know you, and I know you're a listener of our show. Your life matters. And for the person that I don't know who's listening to this because their, their, their cousin or their mom or their sister or their brother or whatever said, hey, you ought to listen to this, your life matters too, whether you think it does or not. All lives are valuable. And that's all I got to say about that. You've gone, you've gone your southern granddaddy, yeah. and you've gone with Forrest Gump. Gump. Um, one Which last could thing, have been one of the same. One last thing today. Uh, as long as it's not stupid is, the stupid does. Uh, one last thing today we're going to look, uh, because we need to lighten the load here. We're going to look at Kamala Harris real quick. Oh. She, was, she was at North Carolina A&T State University. The, I believe they're the Bulldogs. I can't remember. I've seen them play football a couple yeah, times. in the Greensboro era, I believe. Yeah. She was in an event, another one of these roundtable things where it's not a roundtable. It's just her taking friendly questions from people who like her, and she gets to hold, her softballs. She gets to hold a wireless microphone and act like she's teaching us something. I'm going to play you two clips. This first one deals with um, environmental racism. I'm going to look up a definition of that because I don't know what that means. Uh, but here's Kamala's – here's the question – and then Kamala's answer on environmental racism. And you tell me what's missing in her answer. The question for you is, what measures do you support to combat environmental racism and its impact on vulnerable populations? Yeah. There's so much there. I mean, we talked about it in terms of equity and inclusion and diversity, right? We need to, first of all, ag agree and acknowledge that there are systems that have been long in place that need to be reformed. So, for example, our criminal justice system. Um, and the work that we need to do to recognize the He asked about environmental racism, there. and she said DEI and criminal, criminal justice. justice system. Which, by the way, Senator Tim Scott had a criminal justice reform bill, and Democrats in the Senate, including Kamala Harris, killed it. Cory Booker was a co-sponsor on that as well. He killed it. So help me, help me, help it make sense. The math isn't mathing. How, how are you working that out? By the way, environmental racism was coined by civil rights leader Dr. Benjamin F. Chavis Jr. He defined it, this according to the NRDC, he defined it as the intentional siting of polluting and waste facilities in communities primarily populated by African Americans, uh, Latinos, indigenous people, Asian Americans, and Pacific Islanders, migrant farm workers, and low-income workers. Study after study has since shown that those communities are disproportionately exposed to fumes, toxic dust, ash, soot, and other pollutants from such hazardous facilities located in their midst. As a result, they face increased risk of health problems like cancer and respiratory issues. And a black community in North Carolina was designated as a disposal site for soil laced with carcinogenic compounds in 1982 yep. uh, that those uh, complaints garnered national attention yep. shortly after that. So this is, a, this is a local issue that I believe this student or this individual was trying to address sure. and, and wanted an answer from the vice president, the second most powerful person in the country, seemingly. I don't agree with that, she, but 
She's a good. Um, she might be a better empath than Chiefs than he is. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, but I guess. But educator in chief? Question mark. Oh, certainly, certainly. She's got problems here. One more. She gets asked a question, and I and, and we're just going to listen to this, and then we'll talk about it because that's what we do here. Again, <laughs> another friendly fire question from the stage. Here's Vice President Kamala Kamala. How do you stay optimistic during these trying times? Oh, I look around here and I'm very optimistic. Um, I look, here's the thing. We were all born knowing that there's nothing we can take for granted. We, those of us who have the blessing of having been from or currently are at an HBCU, we are taught history. And that history teaches us that there will be moments in our lives and in our country where we can take nothing for granted and we realize that progress will only come out of our willingness to step up and fight for what is right. And so when I look at the turnout this afternoon in this auditorium of these leaders who have clearly decided that in their lives, they're not going to be passive observers of what is happening, but they are going to exercise self-determination. You are exercising self-determination to invest in your country and by extension, your own future. That gives me a great deal of optimism. Uh, what, what gives me optimism in these trying times? There are 200 people in this room that, that bolsters my hope. And, and belief in the future. By the way, can we ask a question? Why are these times trying? If only, Mitch, there were people who were elected to public office that could alleviate the tryingness of these trying times. Who could that be? Do we elect people for that? Hmm. Are, they, are there people that run this country or no? Hmm. I don't know. But what, what leads me to, in, to believe that these times won't be trying is that there uh, are a couple hundred people in this room at an event that it was stacked for me based on its location and listen, hopey changey. You know, you know, we're gonna do the change with the hope, um, hope, hope. I don't know. Yeah, the thing, the thing. You know, the thing. And notice, you know, she says, "Here's the thing." When any politician <laughs> says, "Here's the, the thing. thing," when any politician said, "Here's the th his says, here's the thing," the thing's a lie. She found the thing he was looking for. Yeah, she found the, the thing. The, the, thing, thing, the, the thing. thing about the Constitution or whatever. Now, what we're seeing though is a. For all of our talk in Block A <laughs> about the current leader of the opposition, as he's mm -hmm. now being termed, right? Mm -hmm. The four times indicted, twice impeached, and whatever. Polling numbers look pretty good. Yeah. And look pretty bad for Joe Biden, according to Real Clear Politics. Uh, a CBS, how about this? A CBS News poll running from 912 to 915. Margin of error, 2.6. So we're well within the MOE. Yeah. Has Trump leading by one, 50 to 49. A Rasmussen has Biden leading by one. Here's the Harvard-Harris poll, which doesn't list a margin of error. Right. Which tells me all I need to know. Mm -hmm. Has Trump leading by four. Mm -hmm. So, here's your question. We talked about this on Friday, Mitch. You weren't here. Oh, boy. Slacker? Yeah. So we wrap up the show. Would it be wise for President Biden to drop Kamala Harris like a bad habit? Yes. Replacing with whom? 
Hoomst. Hoomst should be on the ticket with, with Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. the third. I could pick a couple. Okay. Um You're gonna pick Gov Gav? Or are you gonna go somewhere different? Uh, Governor Newsom. Um Is there a more popular Democrat is is there an overwhelmingly popular Democrat? A couple that would seal the divide in the party. Michelle Mabel Obama. Um, yeah, she's already said she doesn't want to hold public office. I could also yeah, that puts see Obama back in the spotlight. You don't want to. You don't want to do that. Minority leader of the House, Hakeem. Hakeem Jeffries, not seasoned enough. There mm. is somebody, Mitch, who is seasoned, mm-hmm. knows how to get things done. Mm-hmm. They, because I'm not going to spoil it yet, <clears throat> have gotten things done, worked hard for the American people, endured many personal hardships in their life. They have a strong record of public service in multiple capacities, both at the state level, the senatorial level, Mm. the international level. Mm. I think it's time for Joe Biden to press reset on his campaign. No, gosh, no. (laughs) I think it's time for Joe Biden to press reset on his campaign, Mitch. Are you you talking about – tell me. Tell me. You know. You know. She. No, I I don't. She? She? She, she's been in the White House before. Oh, oh, she's oh, ran for oh, the White House oh, before. Oh, oh, she's been young, Secretary of fresh, State. Cool, young, fresh, so 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 hip, so fresh, so face. Hillary Rodham. Hillary Rodham. Clinton. I just think that Kamala's a a death knell for Joe, and the last thing he needs is a death knell. She's she's a drag on the campaign, in my opinion. You can't trot her out. You can't trot her out alone. She's a she's a walking word salad. Wait. And you need somebody who's at least somewhat competent. Hillary Clinton's a better insurance policy than Kamala Harris. No question. They wanted her anyway. Now, here's my next question. Oh, boy. There is a stirring in the mainstream media. They're mm. becoming a little bit more negative about the president. Yeah, of course. Because it's the second half of the term. The honeymoon is over. Mm-hmm. Let, put your Put your cap on. Conspiracy theory. Would it be no? Oh, just thinking. The only difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth is twenty years. So three months, twenty years, whatever. Um, Would it be in the best interest of Democrats, leftists, for Joe Biden to maybe go away before this twenty twenty four election? Doctor Beam said on Friday he still holds that Joe Biden will not be the nominee in twenty twenty four. I think that it would be in the best interest of Democrats. It, however would not be in the best interest of the puppet master or the puppet masters that be. And I know I'm about to, once again, ruffle some feathers. Um, It would not be a good thing for um, the former president of the United States and uh, Barack Obama, who is using Joseph Robinette Biden as the quote-unquote face so he can run for a third and now fourth uh, fourth term from the basement while he pulls the strings. And he said that back in 2015. We'll and that's see what, what he wanted I, to do. I think, and I'm going to echo the sentiments from Dr. Moeller this morning huh. on his yeah. on his episode of The Briefing. Um, and again, if you're not, you're, there are a couple of shows that I encourage you to listen to that mm-hmm. provide a Christian worldview. Uh, Truth, Culture, and Politics Dr. Beam. with Dr. Tony Beam every weekday morning from 7.30 to 8.30 on his Facebook page and on the podcast version. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. The other one would be The Briefing with Dr. Albert Moeller, a succinct breakdown of what's going on across the country, across the world, when it comes to Christian-based issues and how we need to look at them. Christians 
leading into 2024, we need to be very sober in how we approach this election mm-hmm. and who is running and where they stand. Because if our values are not upheld or held by the people running for office, we have a serious problem. Mm-hmm. We have a serious problem. And I don't care if that's Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, whomst ever, Robert Kennedy Jr., whomever it is, we need to hold them accountable and be willing to hold them accountable on the things they say and how they say them. Yep. That's all the time we have for you on this Monday edition. Uh, tomorrow, excited to talk about some uh, Washington Post stories that deal mm. with some localities so here. WAPO got something on a on a school teacher from the Midlands. We'll talk no about kidding. it. Yeah, we'll talk about that and a few other things tomorrow, but that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Palmetto Family Matters show. If you want more information about Palmetto Family, you can do you can gather that. Go to pal, go to palmettofamily.org. Sound like I was from Minnesota there for a second. Water. Go to palmettofamily.org. That went Irish quick. Click on the uh, click on the email newsletter. You can subscribe to that. We have a lot of information coming out about some of our legislative goals for the 2024 uh, legislative session, amongst other things. You can also listen to every single podcast version of the show by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get those. You can listen to those at your leisure. We encourage you to do that. If you're on Facebook, share this video with your friends and family. If you're on YouTube, why don't you go ahead and click that like button. Go ahead and click that subscribe button too. It's free. No, no strings attached. If you want to invest in the work that we do here at Palmetto Family, because without your investment, we can't do the things that we're doing right now, including this show. Go to palmettofamily.org slash invest. You can give monthly. You can give weekly. You can give daily. You can give yearly. I encourage all of the above. Hourly if you'd like. Hourly if you'd like. However, you are able to make that work in the era of Bidenomics as we currently sit. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot more coming for you later on this week. We look forward to chatting with you then. For Mitch Prosser, Kevin Paiello, our entire staff here at Palmetto Family, I'm Justin Hall, and we'll talk to you next time on the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina.